Welcome back to another episode of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach. The 16th-ranked Aggies are sitting at 5-2, and two, an even 3-1 and one in SEC play, coming off a of bye week as they head to Stark Vegas this weekend, and we'll be there covering it for Texags.com. Taking on Mississippi State and the Bulldogs, they're struggling a little bit, 4-3, and 1-3 and three in the league. They got demolished by LSU last week in Death Valley by a much wider margin than the score would indicate. The scoreboard read 19-3 in favor of the Tigers, but if you watched it, you knew LSU controlled the game from the opening kick. They beat down Mississippi State in every facet of that football game. State quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, a known Aggie killer, threw four interceptions in the loss. That left first-year head coach Joe Moorhead pondering a change of pace at quarterback and possibly running backup Keaton Thompson out on occasion this week against Texas A&M in search of a much-needed spark in the passing game. they got to have it. They're playing in a tiny box offensively. Nick Fitzgerald, a very good runner. A&M, best in the league by like 30 yards a game in league play. It's shutting down the run. A&M is a legit run defense. That's all State's doing offensively and very one-dimensional. So I could see Keaton Thompson going in this game. Coming up on the program, we'll dive into the matchup between the Ags and Dogs. And we're joined on the show by former A&M quarterbacks Jimmy Wright and Trevor Knight. Former Texas A&M defensive back. I say defensive back. Then he played linebacker. Then he was a defensive end before succumbing to a fourth knee injury. Justin Dunning's with us. And then former Mississippi State quarterback and current Mississippi State radio analyst Matt Wyatt will be with us as well. Get the temperature going on over in Starkville. We'll take a timeout. We'll kick off this hour with Jimmy Wright next. Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool, ampersand, underscore, exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio, and if you're not currently a premium or varsity-level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or inside on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Welcome back. It is the Texags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's dive into the matchup with Mississippi State. Saturday, 6 o'clock on ESPN in Starkville. And we're joined in studio right now by former Bryant-era quarterback in the 50s, former Mississippi State offensive coordinator, and a longtime great friend of our program locally on Texags Radio and a really good guy, the chief of police, Jimmy Wright, with us in studio. And like you said, our maroon is about the same maroon as uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And uh, I can tell you this, that uh, it's going to be a tough game. Just get right into football. Yep. It's going to get a tough game against Mississippi State. Uh, they, have a, they have a good football team. But some of their key players are having some problems. Especially and, offensively. And especially offensively. Because defensively, they're holding people, just like when you look at the scoreboard or the, the quarters at LSU, a good football team. What are they in, in the top four now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, they're a very good football team. And, and so you see one touchdown that was set up by interception with a short goal line uh, run, three yards to, to score. That's the only touchdown. That's going to be a touchdown almost every time. Yeah. You give a, a team a field like that. Yeah. Quick, quick I mean, sudden change. And, and that, that's what you call a heartbreaker right off the bat. Right. When you look at LSU, it's seven points in the first quarter, the only touchdown, then three in the second, a field goal, then two field goals in the third, and one field goal. And Mississippi State got one field goal in the first quarter, and then it was zero, zero, zero. Yeah. So it's the same type of game that A&M has got to play, a very great defensive game by our front seven because Mississippi State, their strength is their front seven. They've got two or three linemen that are going to make – they made preseason all-conference. They're going to make all – they're playing good on defense. And they're going to make millions and millions of dollars come next April as well. They're not going to be worrying about what kind of car they buy. I'm telling you that. <laughs> No doubt about that. I'm telling you, they may have three for it. You know how that goes. With house something. for themselves, house yeah. for their mom, house for their dad. That's right. Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, Keep, Jerry Green's a good player, and they've got two safeties projecting the first two rounds. That's I'm telling you, they have a very good defense. In fact, I think they're number one in less yards given up, and I think in total points scored in the four conference game is only 69. Yep. And that comes out to 17.2 a game points. And on offense is where they are falling down. They've only scored 39 points, and that comes out to 9.7. That's three field goals and maybe a half of a kick of another one, see. Well, LSU, they weren't able to get in the end zone, scored 19 points. Um, Kentucky, though, manhandled them. Yes. So that's kind of that That one game where you look up and scratch your head. It's like they scored 28, but when you watch that game – it looked like men amongst boys there in the second half. Now, that game was very tight at half, maybe 7-7, seven, seven, yeah. something like that. It was very tight. And then Kentucky just had played a well – their best half of football, and they've had a bunch of them. They were really good at Florida. And they had some Their long best half runs. of football this year, Kentucky, was the second half of that game yes. at home against Mississippi that, State. That was one of their better rushing games with Snail, and I think he scored two touchdowns or set up touchdowns on long gainers of 30 or 40 yards in that game. I got a couple confidence questions to ask you. Number one, and we'll go to our topic in a minute, but are you more confident in A&M's offense having success against this defense? Are you more confident in A&M being able to slow down Fitzgerald especially on the ground. Now, A&M's really good at slowing down the uh, run game this year, but we've seen what Fitzgerald has done Can against it, Texas A&M. So where, where are you kind of at when A&M's got the football and, we can, and when Mississippi State's got the football? I'm not going to say I hope the defense can slow Mississippi State down offensively. 
what A&M has got to do to win the game is if when you look at the stats out there, you fans in the stats will tell you how players playing or how the coach is calling plays or the offensive coordinator, whoever's calling the plays, but Moorhead calls them. Yeah. Nick Fitzgerald was uh, 23, of th- uh, 23 carries, 131 yards, 5.6 a carry. Hill was 8 for 42, 5.2. Williams was 6 for 28 for 4.6. You have got to stop the running game by our defensive front seven. And for one time, I'm telling the secondary has got to play very good. This is their great opportunity, not against a passer, but against a thrower. Now, he is an excellent runner. And he, of the 260 yards, total yards made by the team, Fitzgerald made 190. See, yeah, he'll throw it to the other team, though, 70 if he has yards, to pass. See, 70 yards was made by seven receivers, counting Hill as a tailback. And, and of the seven receivers, six of them caught one pass, never over. 10 yards or 12 yards. Yeah, they play in a tiny box in the passing game. Correct. And he'll caught two. That's their eight. So to, the, the big thing the defense got to do, they cannot let number seven, that's Nick Fitzgerald, be out there and, and run the ball to where it's second and four, third and one. What we want is second and nine, third and eight. We want to make them pass the ball. And, yes. and if there ever was a game, uh, uh, LSU intercepted four in this game. They had five, but they had two penalties to give Mississippi State back the ball. And, and if we can harass number seven and make life miserable, I don't want it to rain. I don't want it to uh, be smutty because that will favor the defense of Mississippi State, because they're good. Their stats, they're in the top everything in all the stats on defense. Mm-hmm. And they've got players, like you said, Gabe, that are going to be playing on Sunday come next year. I'm really looking forward to this matchup because oh, yeah. Ola and I talked about it the first. And, and Auburn's got a good little freshman running back in Whitlow, but their run game has been really struggling. Ole Miss has got a good running back in Scotty Phillips, and he's in the top five in rushing offense in the SEC, but their run game isn't necessarily that good. That and they've good. ran on little guys. Yes. You know, they've run on non elite football teams. I don't expect them to run on AM. LSU, they've got Brosette and Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They're not Fournette and Geis. Okay? They're, they're de- Ole Miss, they don't, their, their level of talent. At running back is not what they've had the last two years. Well, I like their running back. Their running game's just not that good right. overall. Same with Auburn. I like their running back. Well, I was talking about game. Auburn. Oh, you're talking about Auburn. Yeah, yeah I was no, talking about – you're right. No question about yeah. that. Now, so this is your kind of final huge validation point is, okay, they shut, they shut down Travis Etienne, 44 okay. yards. That's right. They, sh- they really, for what Benny Snell normally does, they stopped him so much that they stopped going to him. Kentucky said, we're not running our running back on Texas A&M. This is going to be a huge challenge for Texas A&M. We'll have more with Jimmy Wright next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Back, Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network and back for another segment with Jimmy Wright. And let's look at the keys for the Aggies heading into this game in Starkville against Mississippi State on Saturday. Would you rather see Fitzgerald struggling or would you rather see the backup? Uh, I, I definitely think that Moorhead is going to stick with Nick, Nick Fitzgerald. And I think they're going to try to figure out uh, exactly what passes that they've thrown and completed because, like I told you, uh, whenever we had the mic turned off, is that in this last game, Hill caught two and six other receivers caught one. None of them, none of them 
were over, uh, were 20 yards or even close. They were all short passing game. And he only went eight for t- – so I think that we're going to see a big-time running game with Nick Fitzgerald and, and Hill and Williams, the two backs – and, and I think they're going to really line up and try to run against us and see just what they can do. And if he does pass, uh, he should be a type of passer. Moorhead should try to get him on the corner and, and like a run-pass option on a sprint out. If the guy's not open on a flag or flat, then take off and run. Uh, he is not a pocket passer, period. And he's not – his accuracy, 8 of 24, is not good. So they've got to cut down on the type of passes they're asking him to throw. They, I think you mentioned that, that they didn't, haven't gone to the end, uh, tight end. And on the, my paper, Green's only caught one in the last game, and I think it was for 10 yards. And so uh, I would say that they're going to stick with Nick Fitzgerald against us. I don't even think if he struggles – that they're going to put in the second-team quarterback. Now, I saw him play the first game when Nick was suspended. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a good athlete and a much better passer than Nick Fitzgerald is. Right. He really yeah, is. He is. Yeah, and, and he probably fits Moorhead's system better. He really does. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he's an okay runner, but he's not a bruising, tough runner like Nick Fitzgerald is. And that, I think that's what he's going to go with. And I think he's going to figure out what kind of passes that he can throw, that Nick Fitzgerald can throw, and get his percentage off of 33.3 in this last game. And Joe Burrow's not a great passer, and he had 57.1 against him. Kellen Mond is a much better passer than Joe Burrow. Why well, you hit Kellen Mond. This, I, I think Kellen Mond right now is – I'd put him third at worst yes. in terms of the SEC quarterback yeah, power rankings right. right now yeah. and the year that he's had. And you can nitpick a lot of things. Every quarterback you can nitpick unless you're Tua Tungavailoa. Oh, yeah. And, but really, you go Tua – maybe Drew Locke, and Kellen Mond's right there. I'd put him right now ahead of Fitzgerald, Bentley, Jake Fromm, Jarrett Stidham, everybody else in this league. Right now he's having an all-conference caliber year to get on the list someplace. Third team, second team. He's got to go out and prove it now. This is a road game against a very tough team, all the cowbells. And right. Now, this is not an 11 o'clock game. This is 6, six o'clock, o'clock where you've had all day to quote-unquote prep, yes. if you know what I mean. The That's cowbells right. are going to be crazy. Yeah. This is going to be a heck of a game, and number 11 is the key play. Yeah, uh, you're right, Gabe. Number 11 is when, when this game is over, he's got to have rushed for at least 100 yards or more, passed for over 300 yards. He's got to have a very good game. And the big thing is, and I'm going to just talk about it, if he doesn't get the ball from center because he's in the spread more than he is under center and the snap is not good like it was against Kentucky and he had, didn't have control of it when they ran the close-up and the ball was sticking out to his left, he didn't have control of it. Okay, a quarterback is taught. Fisher's taught him. All of us guys that coached, if, the, if 75% of the start of a play is bad, just hit the ground and you don't lose the ball – if it's 75% right off the bat, a bad play with the quarterback with the ball, don't try to make something out of it. Unless you're Johnny. Unless you're Johnny Manziel, <laughs> you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, because just like he fumbled that ball against Alabama and caught it through a touchdown, that's not going to happen uh, here with the team we've got. But if, if against Kentucky – if he would have just fallen to the ground, no seven points. Against Alabama, when, when the left guard and center did not block that near guard on the two technique and he broke through, and made that's fast getting to the quarterback now, Gabe, when you're playing a two technique over the inside shoulder of left or right guard and they don't block you and you're in the backfield. That is faster than you can even walk to the kitchen, I'm telling you. Yes. Yes. It's oh, fast. 100%. And, and, and all he should have done was just go on the ground, protect the ball, and then you don't have any points on the scoreboard. If Kellen Mond has a really good game, A&M will score 28 points, 28 to 27 in this game. If and, Kellen Mond and A&M score 28, I like A&M 100%. That's 20%. right. I guarantee you. And if this is a low-scoring game like the LSU game, then Landis Durham has got to have 
at least two or three, two sacks to really make some plays big against Nick Fitzgerald and 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 set the momentum and then get those fans up there at them cowbells sitting there saying, what's going on? I hope this isn't another LSU game. Because uh-huh. they want to ring them cowbells, man. You got to get them going clang. Yeah. Clang. I know. You go clang, clang, and Landis Durham gets clang, a sack, and you go, clang. oh, shoot. But I think they do it with four letters. Yeah, I think they might. Uh well, it's going to be fun, Jimmy. That atmosphere has been oh, it's going ratcheted to be. up since yep. you were coaching there. That's right, that man. <laughs> and, and, and there's more people now. Their stadium holds 65, where when I was there, it was about 40. Yep. And, and they got diehard fans, just like A&M's got now. And A&M is probably one of the best places for a home team to play with our great crowd. Mississippi State's going to try to do the same. And, and I'm going to say this. I'm counting on – I am really counting on when Donovan Wilson cannot play the first half, he led the team with seven solo tackles against South Carolina. And now we're going to miss that. So the young man has taken his place, has got to play good, and don't go in there saying, oh, I hope I don't mess up. Go in there and believe in yourself. And I'm going to name them out. I want Kingsley Kiki, Dalen Mack, Justin Matabuki, Landis Durham, Tyrell Dotson, and Atora Laka play the best damn game you've ever yep. played, and we'll win. Buddy Johnson, too. I think he's yes. a factor in this game. Yeah, Three number number, se- uh, number one. Number one, that's yeah. right. All right, Jimmy. Hey, thank you so much Okay, for my man. One quarterback to the next. Big thanks to Jimmy Wright. Trevor Knight in studio next, along with former A&M defender Justin Dunning. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop! Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313.
Tech-Sags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Gabe Bach with you and joined in studio right now to dive into Keys against Mississippi State and look back on a couple of guys who have been over there. And Trevor Knight played over there in 2016 and lost as the number four team in America. Trevor Knight with us and Justin Dunning in studio. It's not 90,000. It's not 100,000 people, but it's very unique. It's a uniquely intimidating kind of environment, right? There's nothing like Starkville. It just sucks, period. I hate that place. Um, From where you have to stay, it's a nasty hotel. I remember we we did chapel in this back like it's a it was an old bar that was connected to the the hotel and the lights didn't work you're in, it's in the dark it was just it was kind of scary almost and then driving into the stadium it's nothing but fields and it smells terrible you get to the stadium and like you said it's not an overwhelming crowd but the cowbells and they're just a bad type of people I'm gonna be honest and so yeah and you're talking about all of Mississippi are you. Almost all of Mississippi. But, uh, I like the place until kickoff. Yeah, but uh, it, it, you know, and then on top of it, the only time I've been there was it was a, a, a difficult day for myself and for our team, and so I just don't have any uh, interest in ever going back there. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's something that um, you know they hold their hat on, they hang their hat on. It's um, you know they 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 create this atmosphere that. Um, you know, it's true home field advantage for them, and you have to combat it. Yeah. Now, I'll give Jimbo credit. Part of staying out there two days is you get the two-night minimums that are required to stay in college towns on college game day weekends. <laughs> A&M is staying in Starkville, Mississippi. They're not having to drive and bus in for a – you know, you had to drive and bus in for like a 40-minute drive for an 11 o'clock game. Think about that. Mm-hmm. They're playing a 6 o'clock game and are staying in Starkville for two nights. I think that makes a huge difference on players. You can get there, you can get acclimated. Those who need the academic side of things, they go do that in the mornings. They walk through the stadium. I kind of like what they're able to do. Plus, because he's committed to two nights, he can stay in town. I just hope they have some air freshener. I'm telling you, that place (laughs) smells, man. It can't be that bad, man. It's terrible. Take us back there for both of you. I mean, you you were on the team, Justin. You make the trip, but you're on the team. You're injured and rehabbing. Life kind of sucks at that point anyway. But your team is fourth in the country. You go up there favored. And then Trevor rips off a 19-yard run, if I remember right, close to the end zone, reaches the arm out, gets – and you know, and it wasn't stopping them on the ground anyway that day. Yeah, it was going to be difficult whether or not you went out. Tur- turn out you weren't able to play the rest of that game. You injured your shoulder, but really, really painful day for you, f- literally, and for the team, uh, for sure. Too, yeah. Right? yeah, it was tough. Um, we weren't playing well up until the point when I got hurt. Anyways, uh, I think Nick Fitzgerald took a, the first play from scrimmage, like oh, seventy-five. Man. Yep, um, uh. to the house, and and they were hitting on all cylinders so like you said we had we had it all stacked against us jake came in and actually played really really good he did. we just came up a little bit short and that was start to a disappointing second half of the season so you know i'm hoping that you know it's a completely different team it's not even comparable between that team and and the team we have this year and the coaching no staff and the culture um but this is the start of the second half and we need to go in there with you know a chip on our shoulder acting like it's week one and start this thing over and get get a, a win streak going. Yeah, Absolutely. he he bring up a great point, Justin, is this is a completely different A&M team with a completely different coaching staff, mm-hmm. and that's a completely different quarterback right now. That's still Nick Fitzgerald, but he's really struggling. I mm-hmm. think it's a mesh point between him and that head coach right now, and it's not, it's not jibing right now in terms of what the head coach really wants to do offensively oh, and then who he is as a football player. The Mullen factor in him not being there – Makes Nick right. Fitzgerald a different player. Absolutely. I think, you know, he's been a Heisman favorite in the past where he's had really good production, but this year he's been kind of struggling. Uh, I mean, you kind of talked about the, the tension between the head coach and the quarterback. You saw early on in the season when he was suspended. You know, they never – I don't think they ever released what he actually did, did they? I don't think so. No. Okay, so, yeah. But the old the, violation of team rules. Violation of team rules, Classic. yeah. Quote, unquote. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, like you said, it's a completely different team. That 2016 game was a really – really disappointing for me to watch on television and especially not be able to help. And I mean, I'm, I'm on social media kind of following the game, the Texas account and also on TV. I like, I like the way you guys tweet out during the game, by the way, but um, yeah, yeah, it was, I can't take any credit. For <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just really disappointing. I think when you talk about the talent level or the talent difference between the team, I don't know what Mississippi state's record was that year at that point, but we were a much better team. We should have went in there and beat them. And I think, you know, some of that hype got to our head, which we tried to not allow it to. But we were number four in the nation, lost that game. Then we went out and lost the next game as well, which we shouldn't have lost. And so I think 
You know, I think in terms of this being a, a huge turning point for our season, this is a must-win game for us. It's going to set the tone for the rest of the season. So we have to get going there and play play good this week. He brings up a great point. This is a huge game. It's not like you're number four. In the, the poll hasn't been out yet. It's coming out this Tuesday. But mm-hmm. or a week from – or yeah, coming up this coming Tuesday. So after this game. It's not like you're number four going in there with playoff aspirations. If a and right. goes 10-2 and two and all hell breaks loose, you could be in a conversation. But it's a different kind of – huge moment opportunity isn't it but I think it's as simple as you win this game you're packing shorts for a bowl game you win this game you're probably at minimum going to a Florida bowl because you're going to have a three-game lead on state for third in the west you're going to have a three-game lead probably on Auburn and they still got to play Georgia and Bama and A&M so even if A&M loses to Auburn they're still going to be ahead of them in the standings I think you win this game it sets you up in a whole new echelon. Year one Jimbo Florida Bowl would be huge to set the tone for this team moving forward. It absolutely would. Um, Bowling is, is, is a really big privilege in itself. But to take that next step and be – it being a great bowl, maybe even a New Year's Six Bowl, right. especially year one. We've talked about it a lot in this culture. Would be something really special. It starts this week. You look at the past, especially last year. Kellen did not play his best game against Mississippi State. Um, he, he, there could be a mental block there. I don't know what's going through his head right now. I hope that he realizes that he's a completely different player now than he was just a year ago against this football team. So if he comes in there and he plays one play at a time, leads our team I think we'll be fine against their defense our defense has done such an incredible job this year especially stopping the run and I mean you just look at last week Nick Fitzgerald was 8 of 24 for 59 yards and four interceptions in the air if we can keep them on the ground which is what they like doing anyways and then play as well as we have on the ground uh, from a defensive standpoint I I see us going in there and having a, a very successful day he's 15 and 3 when he gets 100 yards rushing in his career at Mississippi State. But I just don't see A&M's defense allowing 100 yards to that quarterback on the ground. Not this defense. Not at all. And, you know, kind of twaying on that, when I talked about the big turning point in the season, I wasn't even talking about the standings part. I'm talking about confidence. I'm talking about momentum. Because we all know what that can do to a team. The problem here at Texas A&M has never been the first half of the season. It's always been the second half. And I think this is really going to set the tone for us to finish the season. Because, I mean, we've, we've never had a problem starting out fast. We started out fast this year. We've, we've played well the first half of the season. It's how we're going to finish. And I think we're about to t- set the identity for this team down the stretch and what we're going to yeah. do down the stretch. And like you said, I don't see – you know, I mean, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald's a great quarterback. They've done a great job running the football. But this Russian defense, I mean, they have a whole different mentality. They have an entirely different style this year, and I don't think they're going to allow it. Jim Bose won five of his last six games coming off a bye, too. You give that guy this yeah. much time, and then Big you time. bring in the Elko factor, a one-dimensional offense on that side, and now Elko has two weeks to figure it out. The mystery in there is whether they're going to play their backup quarterback and you don't have much tape on him. But I like my chances with Jimbo coming off two weeks and Elko trying to slow down an offense that's not multidimensional. Thanks to Trevor Knight and Justin Dunning, we'll go get the Mississippi State element to this football game when we come back with former Mississippi State quarterback and MSU radio color analyst Matt Wyatt. Next on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and we continue the conversation, the Aggies and Bulldogs, and get the temperature over in Starkville, especially at quarterback, entering this matchup Saturday, a 6 o'clock kick at Davis Wade Stadium on ESPN. Matt Wyatt with us right now on the hotline. It has been too long, Matt. Everything going good over there? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, other than a little adversity on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball, and, you know, some people flying off the handle there. Other than yeah. that, yeah, everything's cool. <laughs> Definitely are flying off the handle. Take us through just locally the temperature there in Starkville right now. I mean, coming off a of lost LSU, sitting at four and three, one and three in SEC play. There's high, high expectations for this season. It's an incredibly talented roster, and the quarterback's struggling a little bit right now in this system. What are you seeing, Matt? Yeah, it is uh, a struggle right now throwing the football, and they're not really struggling to run the ball. That's the right. thing, but they're one-dimensional. And, you know, you guys played Kentucky. Kentucky's biggest issue, what is it? They're one-dimensional on offense. Mm-hmm. And, 
you just don't win a whole lot of games in the SEC being one-dimensional. People might go, yeah, well, you know, look what they did to Auburn. You know, Fitzgerald and Hill and them ran for 350 yards against Auburn. And being, I know, but if you look, they were pretty efficient in the pass game. They can, they didn't throw it a ton, but they threw it some on first down. It really kept Auburn off balance. The play action throwing through the tight end. They converted some third downs throwing the ball when they had to. So, you know, their their punch was in the run game, but they greased it just by effectively throwing it around the field when they absolutely had to, right? Well, that's what they haven't done yet. So what you have is a situation, a dynamic right now, where the defense really is playing like one of the best defenses in the country. They are one of the, if not, frankly, they are one of, if not the most talented defensive front seven. Uh, in the SEC. And I know that's saying a lot yep. with Georgia and Alabama, but this group at State, they are so deep and talented. You know, Jimbo said yesterday, Gabe, they got a bunch of guys going to play in the NFL that aren't even on the, you know, the, they're not even starting. He's right about that. Um, so that's one thing Mullen and company left them was a loaded defense, and they're playing well. But also what they're running into, and this is something for A&M fans to keep in mind, what we're seeing a little bit like LSU is once these teams like Florida and LSU have gotten into the game a little bit and they realize, okay, State can't throw the ball, and therefore they're one-dimensional, they're not going to score, then the offenses that State is playing against are going in risk-free mode a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you're, you're sitting there as an offensive coach going, look, let's just kind of kick field goals and beat these guys and, and don't put it in the air and get it picked off. We'll win a low-scoring game because they can't score. So that's kind of the dynamic you have on the field. And the the expectations that you pointed to, Moorhead, the offensive pedigree, uh, a lot of talk about explosive plays, even saw some of it early in the year. Now all that's gone away, and the confidence really in the pass game is completely gone. And so fan base is doing what fan bases do. You've got a portion that are just, you know, overly negative. Even as bad as it is, some of them are even more negative than they should be, which is just yep. what fan bases do. Well, they are, and they're calling for the backup quarterback. And, Matt, you were a backup quarterback, and then you played. And it's like, okay, then you're, your backup's the most popular guy on, on, on campus. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I thought I was the mayor of Starkville, you know, and now you're not. <laughs> and so, I mean, no, and no doubt that Joe could probably do some more here. I mean, technically speaking, I don't want you to be overly critical and lose your gig or anything, Matt, but you know, yeah, technically sure. speaking, what what can Joe kind of do here to make life a little bit easier like he did in the Auburn game? But, you know, every game and game plan, it's hard to pass on LSU, I'm telling you. I mean, they've got yeah, two top right. 15 picks and, and they're secondary. So what is their – what can Joe do right now to make life a little bit easier on Nick? Well, I think number one – I said this on my show yesterday, Gabe, and, you know, if I were in Joe Moorhead's shoes, when it comes to criticism, you know, he said yesterday, well, when you don't play well, criticism is warranted. I also yeah. said, look, if, if I were in his shoes, I'm only a few years younger than him. <laughs> if I'm the head coach and I'm making that money, I, I would want you to criticize me and not my players. I might even say it. Hey, look, man, I can take you. Criticize me. Say what you want. We're fine. Just lay off my QB. Lay off my players, you know. So I kind of look at it from that standpoint um, when it comes to the criticism. And the truth is, at this point, they have to put everything on the table as a possibility because there is nowhere to go but up offensively, right? You've played – look at it this way. You've played four SEC games. You've won one of them, and that one you blew up. Uh, running the ball. I mean, just a huge game running the ball, and you beat Auburn and run them out of the stadium. But the other three, three out of the four SEC games, you lost those three, and in all three, you you barely scratched 200 yards of offense. That is, like, historically bad. It is. It's not just rough. It's not just adversity. It's historically bad. And, I mean, you got to go back way before Mullen got the job to find a stretch like that of non-competitive offense. So with that said, they yep. had no choice but to come into this week, Gabe, and go as a staff, sit around the table and go, boys, even things we haven't considered, we got to consider it starting today. And that might 
mean playing different people. It might mean opening up some position battles, something. Do some, you know, things we haven't run. And so with that, Joe Moorhead said yesterday that they're going to look strongly at the possibility of intentionally playing um, uh, Keaton Thompson uh, a little bit in the first half, maybe a little bit in the second half. He said, for, you know, one primary reason is Nick Fitzgerald's just getting beaten up because yeah. he's, he's, carrying, he's carrying the ball so much that you kind of want to preserve him a little bit because you have some winnable games coming up. It's almost smart to let him get a rest every now and then in the game when he's carrying the ball 25 times the ball game. So we're going to see some different stuff for sure. Do you think playing Keaton Thompson would be a welcome sight in the locker room, or would that mess it up a little bit? No, I, I don't think it'll mess it up. Um, you know, to, uh, I, I'm not in their quarterback meeting room every day, but I do know the guys. And, you know, Nick and Keaton both are team guys. They really are. I, I think if um, one goes in or one comes out, I think they're, gonna be, they're, they're fine with it. And, and I don't think we are yet to a point, Gabe, where this is, hey, let's try this kid out. If he plays well, we'll just leave him in there permanently. I, I don't think they're to that point. And I think Nick wants to win bad enough that he's willing to look at it and say, hey, man, whatever it takes sure. to spark us, we we got to do it. Matt Wyatt's Mississippi State Radio color analyst on their broadcast, and he's with us right now on the Mac Resource Computers Hotline. The bigger mystery, I mean, to me it's not that mysterious. Fitzgerald's not a great passer, and the Moorhead-Fitzgerald element here, it's, he doesn't have Dan Mullen anymore. So – uh, the bigger mystery to me is you got an 1,100-yard back in Aries Williams, and he's not playing very much. He's not getting many carries. Is this self-sabotage for him, or what's going on with Aries Williams? Gabe, number one, Kylan Hill is just better. Our thanks to Matt Wyatt over at Mississippi State. We'll take a timeout. Last segment next, we'll run down the SEC games of Week 9. Keys to the game for A&M, and we'll predict a score when we come back. Gabe Bach with you on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.
Welcome back. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's run down the SEC games of Week 9. Vanderbilt at Arkansas. Who cares? 11 o'clock at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Neither team has an SEC win. Somehow, one of these teams is going to come out of it having that dubious uh, statistic changed. It's on the SEC Network. Vandy on the road, favored by one and a half. Whatever, I guess. Vanderbilt covers that. I think... I think Arkansas has actually got a, a better defensive players on the whole, and I like their running back better, and they're at home. But something tells me Vanderbilt's going to get this done. It won't be pretty. I will not watch a second of this game. Vanderbilt will cover the one and a half. All right, and we'll all be better off with that game having ended. Number nine, Florida, six and one, four and one in SEC play against number seven, Georgia, six and one, four and one in the league as well. Two thirty in Jacksonville, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party on CBS. Georgia in this neutral site game favored by seven, but you listen to the media, and I'll tell you what, they're all bullish on Florida right now. And I'm going to say Georgia wins this game by a field goal or less, but doesn't cover seven. Seven seems like a large number right now, especially Mullen. I actually like Mullen and the coach factor in this game. I think Mullen's a better football coach than Kirby Smart. And I mean, I like what Kirby's doing in his program, what he's building, what he's recruiting, and the development of players and everything else. But Dan Mullen on game day, give me Mullen. But I think Georgia wins the game because they've got better players. But I think Florida definitely makes this game close. And I think I just – it's a tough one. It's a coin toss for me. But I think I'm going to go Georgia to win. Probably field goal even less than that. This thing's four-quarter, 60-minute football game. Number 12, Kentucky, 6-1, and 4-1 and one in the league at Missouri at 4-3. and three. Winless in the league with Drew Locke at 0-3. Oh this is a 3 o'clock Central time kick at Faroe Field in Columbia on the SEC Network, and Missouri's favored by seven points. Give me Kentucky in the points. I think Kentucky wins the game. I'm, I'm shocked Missouri's favored by seven points in this game. I know it's at Columbia, but I've been to Columbia. It's not a great home field advantage. Kentucky's a better football team, even though Missouri can throw it. They can sling it around. They've got better offensive balance, but they're going against a very good defense and I think get enough stops Benny Snell runs I think Snell and Wilson can stay comfortable and doing what they do best and that's running the football and doing that zone read action and we'll we'll come out of there with a victory I think this is clearly Kentucky in the points and I think UK actually wins the game Tennessee three and four one and three in the league at South Carolina at three and three Two and three in SEC play, six thirty at Williams Bryce Stadium on the SEC network. South Carolina at home favored by seven and a half, and I think they cover that spread. <clears throat> you just look at players. You know, Bentley, they got the quarterback factor. They got the I think their coach is better. They've got a couple of defensive minded coaches there, Saban Disciples. I think their receivers are a lot better. Their running backs are better. I like more players defensively at South Carolina and they're playing at home. Seven and a half home favorite. It seems like a lot, but I'm going the Gamecocks to cover. And that brings us to our game. Number 16, Texas A&M at 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the league at Mississippi State. 4-3, and 1-3 and three in the SEC, a 6 p.m. Central time kick at Davis Wade Stadium. Main channel ESPN Mississippi State, a home favorite by 2.5. The keys to the game for me, I've got several of them. Number one, you got to slow down Nick Fitzgerald in the quarterback run game. You got to hold him under 100 yards and you win the game. Fitzgerald, Mississippi State is 15 and 3 in the Fitz era when Nick runs for 100 yards. Well, no player against A&M this year has ran has run for over 60 yards, and that was Benny Snell. You held him to about half of what he averages on the year uh, per game. I think without a doubt they hold Nick Fitzgerald under well under 100 yards, and that is a huge key. It leads to also the second key. You got to win on first and second down defensively. Get them off schedule, force third and long opportunities. Anytime you can force Nick to have to win with his arm, you stand a great chance of being successful. Number three, don't give it back to him. You don't have to be real risky in this game. Mississippi State's offense isn't built to blow up the score and score a ton of points. Only 39 total points scored in four league games for Mississippi State. Don't make silly mistakes. Don't uh, make costly turnovers that set up the Bulldogs for short fields and gimme point opportunities. Those gimme points, right? A free three-point field goal. Or you turn it over 
and you give them a, you give them first and ten in, at the you know in the red zone. Don't give them those opportunities. You do that, that's a big part of it. Okay, but the the element there is you got to protect Kellen Mond, and that's easier said than done. Number eleven needs time to operate, and he'll he needs to be accurate throwing the football in the screen game, slant game, downfield passing game. That could open up and soften up a very good defense and allow Travion Williams to get rolling on the ground as the game progresses as it wears on, but you have to protect him. So put personnel out there, two tight ends, a couple of running backs. You know, the screen game I think is going to be very important. The quick strike passing game, very important in this game, but you have to protect Kellen Mond. Number five, you got to win time of possession in the field position battle. This is one of those games, field position kind of games. Punter Braden Man, the missile, is a huge weapon in this football game. I mean, punting isn't a, a, a terrible play in a game like this. Throwing it to the other team, that's a terrible play. Or putting the ball on the turf, that's a terrible play in a game like this. Punting's not a bad play in this game. Pin them back, make them drive the length of the field, 70, 80-plus yards to score. They're going to have a tough time doing that. Number six, got to make your kicks. I mean, this is on the road. Uh, this figures to be a pretty tight football game. Could come down to which team connects more accurately on the field goal opportunities. And freshman kicker Seth Small enjoyed a bounce-back week at South Carolina a couple weeks back, was 4-5 for five in that game. And I think Seth Small factors in big on Saturday. And number seven, start fast. Cowbells are going to be prevalent. They're going to be prominent and loud. Get a lead, force Mississippi State to press, to have to play from behind, to have to do things that aren't their identity. They're not built to overcome multi-score deficits. You want those cowbells to be low. You want those cowbells to not be prominent in the fourth quarter. So start fast. And that's something Mon hasn't done enough. He's been more of a second-half, fourth-quarter type player. He needs to start fast in this game. I think A&M not only covers, that's two-and-a-half Mississippi State favorite, but they win the game. They win the game 24-16, to something like that. Uh, you'd like to, when you get in that red zone, punch it in there and get seven more than they've been able to do. But I think A&M wins this game. I'm thinking an eight-point A&M victory, 24-16 in Starkville. All right, hope you've enjoyed the program. Big thanks to Jimmy Wright, Trevor Knight, Justin Dunning, Matt Wyatt, our producer, Dalton Hughes. It is A&M and Mississippi State Saturday, Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And we'll break it all down next week and look ahead to Auburn. You've been listening to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.